Welcome to this episode of Syntax at the Arts House Finals for 2021. My name is Tiu Minor and I am a curator and writer based in Rotterdam. Uh, with me here today is Polina Titova, who graduated from the graphic design department. Welcome, Polina. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> nice to be here. Um, so today we're going to be talking about your project called White Bread, Red Beets. Uh, maybe you could introduce what the project is about. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a project that I, I think I personally call it like my, my little revolution because uh, being here in the Netherlands I'm, uh, and graduating from graphic design, I'm uh, making a project that is uh, closely connected to my homeland, which is Belarus. I'm from Belarus. Current political situation in Belarus uh, is not going that great, and you can see it probably in the news. Also, uh, in the Dutch news, it's quite uh, quite mm -hmm. common to to see something. Uh, last one year, I think it's uh, all over all over the uh, news online portals. Um, in 2020, uh, in Belarus, there were presidential elections, and everyone in Belarus. Uh, thought that it will go the same way as always because we have uh, one president already for 26 years. Uh, it's Alexander, Alexander Lukashenko. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is uh, ruling the country uh, with no, not, not giving power to anyone else. It's already for seven terms he is the president. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were another elections and uh, uh, state after the accounting vote uh, declared that he won uh, these elections with 80% of uh, votes. And uh, it was the same all previous six times. And uh, no one kind of said anything about it uh, because people in Belarus also tend to be quite apolitical because we don't we know that nothing can be changed. It just will be how it is. And all the time when new candidates come in and trying to win this, uh, not win, it's not winning, but uh, trying to uh, be in a new candidate. Uh, candidate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It just never works because they end up in prison even before the election starts. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always quite a difficult, difficult time, this summer times of the elections each four, year, each four years. And um, in 2020, it just turned because there were three quite strong candidates uh, that yeah, were brave enough to actually kind of start this, this, this uh, yeah, the, fight, I the campaign. Say. Yes, campaign. Yeah. And uh, people, people just seen that it is possible that something will change this time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, due to that, quite a lot of people, and I, I must say also me, became from like being apolitical and not just uh, just not not voting all my life I went to vote and I knew that it can make a change mm -hmm. and uh, it didn't in the end because uh, state declared that Lukashenko won with 80% of votes but then all the people in Belarus went on the streets and there were protests and protests were quite peaceful mm -hmm. so were you there in the protests or were you here? I was in the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, I was in the Netherlands and I must say that was quite tough because then you're in a situation when uh, everything that you receive is only from the news, but yeah. not even official news because in Belarus in the day of elections, they blocked the internet. They yeah. already knew what will, what will going to happen because you can see from 
from the media, from social media, that people are going to join the protests. They will go on the streets when they, as soon as they will know the results of the elections. Yeah. Uh, so um, they were getting ready, so they blocked the internet in the whole country. I couldn't... I couldn't uh, uh, get in contact with my parents, with my friends. So I That's was quite scary. That was quite scary. There was there was one of the scariest, I guess, nights in in my actually life because that, that was August. I was just it was evening. Uh, they were counting the votes, and then people already seen that the army is on the streets. They are yeah. getting ready to fight people that will come join the protest this night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then the internet is going is going down, so I can't contact anyone. I just see the news that are coming, not from official sites, but from Telegram channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, was this at a time when you'd already started your graduation project, or was this right. before? We're talking about graduation project. <laughs> <laughs> this is, well, this I'm just thinking because it sounds almost to me like maybe... Uh, your graduation project was a way for you to deal with the fact that you couldn't be there. Um, am I what? Am I assuming correctly, or how does how does that fit? Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, my graduation project started uh, not. Yeah, I guess in the end it helped me to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, uh, when everything happened, I I I thought there was a thought that maybe I should do my graduation project about it, and then I just uh, cut it out from the very beginning because I thought no I I just I will be very overwhelmed yeah it will be very emotional I will be crying every evening or I don't know just just there will be like breakdowns and And you also don't want to fetishize it maybe in a way where like it becomes this hot topic because it is so fresh and personal yeah yeah probably also that's that's a thing that you don't want to push on other pe- uh, people's feelings that, that that this girl is uh experiencing this emotional mm-hmm. uh drama of being he- living here in the netherlands and then this all happening to to her um, home country and then her family that is there and friends uh and then she is trying to blow it into like huge thing and graduate with it and talk about it and that's that also wasn't wasn't the only thing that I was talking about at this time and yeah. also now and I didn't want it to be the only thing to, to talk about so I tried of to course. kind of still stay a normal person so I thought I'll just do graduation about something else but then uh, but then yeah it just didn't work because uh, first I changed the topic of my thesis uh, mm-hmm. from from uh, uh, the research into privacy and uh, um, in, in graphic design and I, I changed it to graphic design uh, and connection to gra- uh, to activism in connection to activism. Uh, and after my thesis was uh, written, I thought that I really need to keep going and then just do a research project also about that. Right. So when all this started happening, you were in the process of writing your thesis, more or less. Yeah. Okay. Uh, could you tell us more about this thesis and what, what kind of things you were exploring there? Yeah. Yeah. In thesis, I'm mainly kind of focusing on the fact that nowadays in graphic design, well, not only graphic design, just design in general, uh, a field that is connected to activism specifically, there, there, there is mostly the focus on um, museum-like setup of activism. So then mm. uh, the main audience of those kind of projects, it's not people that are actually on the streets protesting or people that are actually involved in, like highly involved in activism. It's more 
uh, privileged, yeah, like uh, people that are visiting museums and then just want to know more about it. And then it's a beautiful movie uh, shot by professional videographers. And then it tells uh, in a conceptual way about activism, but like not... Like the Pepsi commercial with, uh, what was her name, Kylie Jenner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... That's not what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted to kind of uh, draw this line in between of like, yeah, it, sh it should be, it, it helps more if it's just about people that are actually on the streets and that are actually involved in activism and protests and less for for the audience that just visits museums uh, to, to see how activism works and what mm -hmm. activism is and what designers can do with uh, about it. So yeah, that's what I what I was trying to to write about. And how did that inform your graduation project? Because um, well, we haven't described it yet, but what I saw was still very graphic design based. But uh, you mentioned that you made did you make a, did you make you made the flag with the symbols yeah. and everything? Uh, I think now we'll just just shortly touch on what what's the deliverables of, of the graduation that I that I did. Yeah, I was working on uh, on new symbols of anti-government protests in Belarus. Mm -hmm. So I uh, came up with a randomly generated flag. Well, it's a tool to randomly generate different flags, uh, and all those flags they look uh, like like the um, oh, the main flag of the Belarusian op opposition, which is white, red, white colors, just mm -hmm. uh, horizontal lines. Yeah, but they they are they consist of lots of uh, white and red objects that yeah. uh, I collected from uh, people all over the Belarus. I have a collection of 600 plus objects right now, and they were sent to me uh, from from. First, just friends of mine and then friends of friends and then it was growing and growing and then at some point I was just receiving objects from like random people and I was like okay thank you that's that, that, that will that will come to my collection that's and great. I will use it yeah uh, and all of those people were also saying thank you a lot for for what I'm doing for for kind of this project uh, and that was also nice maybe a small touch that uh, a lot of people by while you photograph in those white and red objects that surround you in your daily life you have the gallery of your phone a uh, whole white and red and uh -huh. a lot of Belarusian people just enjoyed this fact that when when they open their gallery it's white and red and very illegal <laughs> let's say <laughs> <laughs> so they were like yeah they were I will keep it I won't delete it <laughs> yeah because the the colors of that white uh red white flag you mentioned in the in your in your in your work that it became illegal to be using this flag uh yeah in March 2021 so this year uh um First, I heard it like there were rumors all, all over the social media that um, there will be new law uh, in Belarus that will that will uh, declare white or white flag the flag of opposition the symbol of extremism, and I thought, oh wow, they are banning colors like literally that's mm -hmm. just white and red colors, and they are trying to make it illegal. Uh, so everyone who will be dressed in white t-shirt and red pants will go to prison because now it's a new law and then you are considered almost a terrorist if you're wearing white and red or for sure carrying a flag that's definitely mm -hmm. uh yeah and uh, where did this flag come from that's a that's a historically when belarus was together with lithuania uh, one combined republic it was before ussr there was uh, a flag of this 
of this country that doesn't exist, any, exist anymore. But uh, so, yeah, a lot of uh, Belarusian people actually consider it as like the beginning of the, the, the original flag of Belarus. Mm. But then when when we went to USSR, part of USSR, and then the USSR fell apart, and then we were an uh, independent country, uh, country, Belarus, the flag was changed. So it was red and green and a small piece of white, mm-hmm. which is also quite interesting because then official governmental flag, which is right now used everywhere because the flag of Belarus mm-hmm. uses red and white, but also adds green to there. So it's it's also like... All the protests are red and white, but then if you add green color to it, it will be already the the, the total opposite of it. So the regime yeah. colors, yeah. Okay, and um, I got I started really imagining <laughs> the flags. Um, <laughs> take us back now to these objects. Then, how do you see the relationship between the flag and the objects that you were photographing? And what was the kind of methodology that you were working through to create that connection? Uh, yeah, I think with the objects, and the main idea behind it was uh, to show that uh, there are lots of objects that surround you that are red and white. And uh, I wanted first uh, to to kind of make a research that is quite mathematical because I wanted to look at the objects and then um, use uh, AI to help me to calculate how much is the percentage of uh, white in the object and uh, what is the percentage of red in the object. Mm -hmm. And then compare it to the original flag. So in a flag, it's two-thirds of white and one-third this line in the middle is red. And I wanted to kind of mathematically just uh, do the... uh, how illegal the object is to to see how illegal the object is uh, according to the amount of red and amount of white in this object Mm -hmm. but then i it it was dropped i i I didn't do it i heard that uh, apparently graphic design should be more visual less mathematical oh really (laughs) yes there was actually a comment okay (laughs) i wasn't expecting it because i thought i think well i still think actually maybe i will just do it in the future as uh kind of growing with this project but uh, I mean that sounds like a statement to enforce the visual yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah because then I can actually like if if uh, AI will con- uh, count that um, I don't know a cake uh, with strawberries which is fully white um, mm-hmm. has the same amount of white that is the flag and the same amount of red percentage wise mm-hmm. as the flag then it's illegal it's like 100 percent illegal because yeah. the amount of colors is the, the, the same as the amount of flags so then you can't have it in belarus because you will go to prison yeah uh yeah but um yeah after that uh it, it was dropped and then i was just collecting the objects and then i was just sorting them on uh visually which is more white uh, and with a little bit of red, and which is more red with a little bit of white. And that's how uh, I came up with this idea of separating it and then making a flag um, out of fully out of the objects. So white objects will fill all the white parts of the flag and red objects, well, not fully red objects, but <laughs> red mm-hmm. ob- mostly red objects with white parts will fill the, the red part of the flag. Mm-hmm. So this is how graphically it it evolved into and appeared to be a flag mm-hmm. in the end. And what do you see the role of that flag being? Is it just to showcase your research, or do you see it also being used somewhere? Uh, yeah, I think here it's the main idea with the flag came that after they uh, officially in March um, 
came up the law that it officially was declared uh, the symbol of extremism, the flag mm -hmm. itself. I wanted to show that actually flag doesn't matter. And like people in Belarus already also understand it because you can not carry the flag uh, on your shoulders, but you can wear a white t-shirt with Levi's on it or something because it's red, mm -hmm. red logo. Or I don't know, buy shoes at Nike and then have this bag that is white with red logo or something. I don't know, can I shoot it? Trademark, trademark it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get these brands involved. <laughs> get them in trouble. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's uh, also a lot of other countries that have the color white and red, and obviously the ratio is different, but like the Danish flag, the Polish flag. Yeah. So would you get in trouble for having... Now, this is like a going, just going back to the specifics of, of, the, of the illegality of those colors, like... Would you get in trouble for having those flags around in Belarus? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on like... That's how you're using who, it. Yeah, yeah, or or just in general, like, you know, how, how smart is the person uh, who who is working for police, let's say, and who tries to, who sees it in the street and then thinks how illegal it is. Because mm -hmm. it's also, the thing is that in Belarus right now, there is no law. Like that's a statement, except like, for the flag law. <laughs> <laughs> except for the for the law that is like like works for them yeah. for the for the government itself, yeah. Uh, but uh, that's why that's why it's all like a huge question. Like if I will go with the Danish flag uh, in in Belarus and say that I am like I don't know that's my soccer team or something, and then I am. That's my favorite flag. I don't mm -hmm. know. And then uh, someone will say, yeah, okay, that's fine, and you can go. But some people in power will just say follow me please in this car and then we will go to prison <laughs> and okay. I don't know. yeah it's not worth finding out yeah uh -huh. um but then i was really wondering yeah i think that also highlights the idea of like uh, what it is to deal with another country and the brokenness of another country in such a far removed place such as netherlands <laughs> Um, I know you already kind of mentioned a little bit about the fact that obviously it was really difficult for you, but I'm wondering whether you see the outcome of this project having some sort of effect on the state that is back home for you, or where do you see this project landing geographically? Yeah, uh, okay, the, I think that I, I was for sure thinking about it because uh, I have like the pl in plans that uh, I want to knock in like Belarusian media, which is independent media for sure, because governmental media are not going to work. Uh, but yeah, independent media that is still alive because also in like a month ago, they arrested whole office of one of the biggest independent media uh, in Belarus. So independent journalism is also dying there slowly. And people are leaving the country, but uh, yeah. Now I'm again changing the topic, but yeah, I wanna I wanna send it there and then uh, see how it will work uh, in 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 Belarus and how people will use this project there because uh, the website with the uh, generating random flags can be used actually there because people can download the image this random flag and then uh, the, the flag out of the random objects and then print it or as a poster or as a flag actually if mm -hmm. it's possible 
and then use it uh, while going on the streets, for example, I'll just hang it in their apartments. And then just I will see how this project slowly integrates in, 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 in there in Belarus and how it kind of lives there on uh, by itself. But also like here, here in the Netherlands, for example, uh, I think it's also like has some value because, um, yeah, that's quite a topic. I think right now on the news and uh, and uh, it's going maybe <laughs> yeah like sometimes with some weird actions uh, took by uh, taken by Belarusian government it comes up high again in, in I don't know top lines of the news portals mm -hmm. here <laughs> and then uh, people remember again oh yes Belarus okay they still do some weird stuff and they're fighting for their freedom right but uh, in then in Den Haag I know that there will be the exhibition about um, Belarusian uh, fight for freedom so uh, yeah I'm trying to get in with with my project there and uh, try to be part of it mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, in Belarus, I don't know how it will work. I really want to do it. I'm still a little bit scared because even though I'm in the Netherlands uh, and nothing can be reflected on me kind of because I'm here, I'm living here and I'm not planning going back, mm -hmm. at least with this regime, <laughs> definitely. Mm -hmm. But my family is still there. So, yeah. And I know that, yeah, that's that's not difficult to see who did the project and what's the name and where this girl girl still lives because I st yeah. I'm still kind of I'm having Bel I have Belarusian passport and I still live there and I have an address and this is the address where my parents live so yeah. they can just knock at the door and say hello are you related to this person yeah yeah of <laughs> course I mean yeah, yeah it's, it's incredibly uh, stressful <coughs> and difficult um, before I ask about um, then yeah, indeed the future of this project beyond just this idea of taking it further to Belarus I wanted to go back to this flag generator that you were talking about also, because I, um, could you just explain it a little bit further? I, am I understanding correctly that the flag generator creates the flag that you have here, but it can create many others? And is it always according to the colors of the white and red or what's happening there? Uh, yeah, it's always a white, red, white, red, white combination, but it's always different. So it's like thousands and thousands of uh, different flags because of uh, all the 600 objects that I have in my collections for now. Uh, they are positioned in a different way. They're changing, changing the place and then changing the size also. Mm -hmm. So in that case, every time you press the button to generate a new flag, you get a new flag that you haven't seen before. So in this case, uh, that's just a like the comment on the fact that flag as a combination of colors, which is a pattern white, white, red, white, cannot be considered a symbol of extremism. Mm. Because uh, in this case of, of using the objects to, to, to show the color, to, to uh, colorful objects. It just becomes really absurd. Yeah, it just, it just, it just, uh, it, it can has like thousands of combinations and yeah. then and then it will it will be created more and more and more objects will be added to collection and then more flags will be generated and then it, it is not possible to say that all of them are symbols of extremism mm -hmm. because if someone will say that this one is a symbol of extremism i will move one object to the left or machine will do it and then it's a new flag mm -hmm. we're all living in digital world like one pixel will already make a change basically yeah uh yeah so that, it's that's about the fluidity of the flag, in yeah. a way. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm wondering now, because really like what you're also graduating with is not even just the flag itself or the collection of the objects that you've made. It's also really a kind of methodology or or like a, a research also. And I was wondering whether you see yourself following this kind of really activist style uh, onto further projects or do you have other things that you're interested in or where do you see yourself going after graduation? Yeah, I think this year and, and kind of doing this graduation project uh, also helped a little bit for me to understand what is what I value in, in design and what like... I don't know, like ethical part of it and the activism in it, how important it is. And I would love for sure to kind of work more in this in this field and see what are the topics that can be touched uh, mm -hmm. and what, what can be done more, not only about Belarus, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, now I think that this project is definitely not ended because I, I see lots of variations, how it can go further. The same as what I said with this um percentage and uh, of the color and then how I can make a comment on that like in a mathematical way but still and uh, also uh, the postcards that I was doing for this graduation were from the same collection of objects that is the start of like whole project that I'm doing right now uh, yeah let's talk I, more about the postcards they're right in front of you and I forgot to mention them because that's how I found you downstairs in the graduation room um what are these postcards and how do they relate to the rest of the project that you've been talking about now? Uh, yeah, the, the postcards also started from the collection of the objects that, that started everything <laughs> in this project. But I uh, basically, as trying to explain it, okay, with random flag generator, I'm kind of zooming out of the uh, from this collection and uh, trying to show all the objects that I have, all the white and all the red, and then building one flag with all of all of those objects and then with postcards I'm zooming in them and then I'm having a photo of one object which can be like a cake or a sewing machine or uh, a shoe and then in this one photograph I can zoom in so it will be the pattern that will form a flag so it will be white red white white colors mm -hmm. that is just just actually an object but then zoomed in mm -hmm. so in this case yeah, that's that's a different way of working with the collection that I have. Yeah. Uh, just instead of zooming out, I'm zooming in, and but still having this white red white flag in the end. Yeah, you make them smaller, but at the same time you multiply the the amount of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I made the postcards uh, that that are all white red white, but all different. Well, not all, but there are a few designs that are different different uh, objects. Uh, yeah, and you can see the whole object in the end where the stamp should go and the, on the main part of the, uh, the uh, postcard you can see the whole flag. Mm -hmm. And uh, postcards were quite an activist part of this project, I yeah, would say. Yeah, they were. They were very engaging. <laughs> yeah, 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 because, because all the postcards there, I printed 502 postcards uh, because in Belarus uh, there are currently 502 political prisoners. Uh, they are located in 37 different prisons and it's all over the country. Most of them are in capital of Belarus in Minsk. Mm -hmm. It's uh, two prisons that contains altogether 126 prisoners. At this point, uh, the amount is growing and quite quite fast. So yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So I uh, basically, with this 502 postcards, I signed the addresses of uh, prisons and the names of all political prisoners, mm -hmm. of all 502 people on those postcards. Uh, and uh, people here in Arnhem, in the Netherlands, uh, during the exhibition uh, in our department, they can write some nice words to political prisoners to support them mm -hmm. and uh, send, those, send those cards. What kind of things have you uh, received people writing? Yeah, that's uh, quite difficult because, yeah, we have those conversations also downstairs, while staying downstairs presenting my project. Yeah. I have those weird talks of like, yeah, I don't know this person I'm writing to and uh, this person is in prison. I don't know what to, what, to, what to write to kind of make those people feel better or something. What can you, what can you say? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, like, stay strong. Yeah, yeah, stay strong. Keep, keep up. Thank you very much. And uh, you're not alone and stuff like this. So like very, very small. And I, I would say like, I think everyone went, went while writing it thinking, yeah, that's very cheesy. That sounds cheesy, yeah. but... But what else? You, 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 that's true. It, it is what it is, and people just draw a lot, draw a lot of hearts, or like just, just, just some nice, nice Support. drawing, supportive, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had conversation about it. Uh, that does also language matters because yeah, uh, in Belarus we talk Russian mostly, and uh, and uh, quite, I think. Political prisoners, they won't definitely understand Dutch. So uh, yeah, that, sure. that, that will be just an uh, unknown message in the end. English, probably they will understand because political prisoners are very well-educated people. Just just end up in prison because of their views mm -hmm. and because of their uh, yeah, political preferences. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, so English, they will read. Uh, but I think it's also like language doesn't matter. I have I have cards that are like in Korean and in Spanish and in Dutch uh, so far. That's yeah. that's what I have. And it's one day of exhibition past. Uh, but yeah, uh, some people asked me to write something because I know Russian. So they just told me what to write and then I just did it in Russian. But I personally think it doesn't matter. Yeah, like for you, for a person who is in prison to receive a, like just the action of receiving cards. Mm -hmm matters a lot it doesn't matter what it says it just m means that someone thought about this person and sent a card mm -hmm. and plus i think the image of it for a political prisoner to receive something that is white and red colors uh matters more than what it says you also mentioned that mm -hmm. these postcards will have to go through prison guards which is why when i wrote my response i actually <laughs> directed it at the prison guard and then I wrote a little message of support at the end also obviously for the prisoner um, and yeah indeed I also felt like maybe it was very cheesy but uh, I hope that the prison guard can also read English as well as the prisoner but you mentioned that the act of receiving all of these postcards would also be a huge statement for the institution that it has to go through which is the prison institution uh, can you talk a little bit more about that uh, yeah, because uh, the idea is that, uh, well, yeah, as you said, uh, they all should go through guards first. And uh, while receiving white and red postcards, uh, I I bet on the fact that they will be probably thrown away mm. uh, by by guards. But that's why uh, the, the, the thing is that they need to read through all the letters that come to prison. At least that's what maybe that's 
that's the rule only in Belarus. I don't know, by the way. No, I think it's pretty common, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, otherwise yeah. you can like yeah. get some uh, contraband information. Yeah, there. exactly. Uh, so they are reading through all the all the all the stuff that they they that been sent, uh, and that's why yeah, that's a good way of writing something to a guard because that will be definitely read by a person. And then if you address something like, "Dear prison guard, I hope you are in doubt uh, about your life choices," uh, that's the one that I have here in front of me right now. That's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, that that might <laughs> that might do do some things, and maybe maybe this person will will at least one more time think about what he or she is doing. With their life. It's a small gesture, but it's also, I guess, a gesture um, that if you get overwhelmed with the amount of postcards that you would potentially send to one prison because they're all being targeted to the prisoners there, you would have to go through all of them. And it, you do understand that there is another belief or, or, or movement beyond what you're doing. Yeah. I, I get so in, I get I get I, again. I'm really imagining it happening, and it's really exciting. But also at the same time, obviously a little bit like uh, you never know the. F it's not like a clear uh, outcome that you can expect, but it's really the important gesture of doing it. I also wanted to ask you about the title of this project: White Bread and Red Beet. Yeah, I think it's just uh, me. Uh, from the very beginning, trying to show that in the whole project, I'm just playing with color. I'm just trying to show how ridiculous it is that this is banned. So because, uh, yeah, it's white uh, white bread, red bits, and then it's just common food that is in Belarus is very cheap and very easy to get. Just white bread is more common there is, uh, than the dark bread because it's cheaper. And uh, beets is also like something that is <laughs> very, very easy accessible. Yeah. Uh, but but it's mostly just to play, play with color because uh, will this mm, product be banned because they are white and red? Or maybe if I will cook borscht, which is uh, soup out of bits, and then uh, serve it with white bread, there will they will ban it or they will be illegal in the restaurant or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's that's also a comment on that. And uh, will this title be banned because of it uses these colors? Or mm -hmm. maybe because of the title is banned, the whole project is banned. So, yeah. Yeah, again, back with the absurdity of yeah. the idea of banning colors. Yeah. Um, I was wondering also um, what you feel like you personally got out of the project uh, and if there was anything that surprised you more than obviously the the sad things that you were finding out about, yeah, I think I just had like billions of times when, while doing this project, just uh, disbelief, like how how ridiculous it is. And sometimes I, I I just don't know, like working working with such a law that just bans combination of colors. And then I just, I just really, it doesn't fit in my head that this is reality of 21st century in one of the countries that is located in Europe. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> it's also, I think it's, yeah, with me, it's more also because I'm reading all the news and it's not the only ridiculous thing that is going on. So with me, it's just reading more and more about what what are the new things that they are doing there and new laws and banning the journalism there basically independent in the independent media uh i'm just thinking that this country is just drowning and, and i don't know what will save it and mm -hmm. uh, that's also something that i hope will 
in the end change. Uh, and I don't know how, because also the thing is that protests started in August of 2020 and in December, it went down because of also weather conditions. People, it was quite cold, so people were not going on the streets anymore, and it kind of lost this. Yeah, the, it it started very big, and then it just went down, 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 and now it's very difficult for people to actually start it again to yeah. to keep going to the streets and to show the the. Uh, the enthousi yeah. enthusiasm or energy anymore, yeah. Yeah, and everyone is very... Yeah, They, I think, also talking to my friends, it's uh, a lot like um, a roller coaster, like emotional roller coaster also. Like, yeah. you're, you're very high on, like, uh, yeah, that's good. Everyone everyone is against it. We will... It's going fine. We're all in the streets. We're showing that we disagree with this, with the regime, with the current regime. And... Uh, so you're high on emotions and then next two days or something, you're very down because you see that it's not going to work. It's uh, yeah. nothing is happening. How did you balance that kind of like personal motivation and then the obviously parts that are out of your control? Was that very difficult or did you maybe develop some sort of ways of thinking uh, during that process? Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I think I'm quite often just bringing everything to a joke or something like this. <laughs> That's the same as like with this with with this uh, law with colors because I'm yeah I'm saying that it's ridiculous and then I'm quite often laughing about it. Nothing to laugh about, Polina. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm just uh, trying to kind of yeah smile and still still kind of laugh about all those laws and uh, also talking to friends that are dutch for example like yeah. explaining all of this and they're quite often just like what i don't understand how is this possible and then then it just comes to a joke because yeah ridiculous because impossible because why why people doing stuff like this there and then we just laugh about it but and then i come home and cry <laughs> yeah those are some emotional yeah. extremes yeah. that you've been going through. Graduation's already hard enough, but you've made it really hard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's that's also this thing of like uh, me doing the final exam and then uh, the whole 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 room of teachers and external examiners and then me introducing my project, not even starting talking about my thesis and research project and already crying once and then uh, drinking some water, calming down and then finishing it, talking about presenting everything and then with the first comment of external examiner, she said she came back to emotions and how emotional this topic is to me and mm -hmm. how brave it is. And I started crying again. <laughs> oh. oh, so no. yeah, that was, that was, I thought, I really hoped that they actually were not just, I wasn't pushing on like PT side of it yeah. <laughs> with me crying <laughs> during my <laughs> exam. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, that, that wasn't the case. <laughs> No, that was just you're too also emotional. very talented and uh, you know how to make some great work. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it is what um, it is. I was wondering about um, the kind of learning curve that you feel like you might have also gone through or like was there something that you learned uh, about yourself or about just dealing with some really heated topics in the field of graphic design that you could reflect on? Yeah, I think uh, about myself definitely yes because I during this year I understood that I'm very organized in a way person because I started with this collection and then uh, like 
because during your graduation, you're talking to a lot of people and you're talking about your project, you're describing it, and then you also receive a lot of feedback. And then all of this feedback is always very different. And then you understand that, oh, maybe I should change it and do it like according to this feedback, like change it in this direction or in that direction or in that direction. But then I was quite stubborn. I just uh, basically like from the very beginning with this collection, I understood that I need to do the collection. Then I will understand what I will do with this collection. So that was step-by-step process. Uh, and that was very helpful in a way because I knew that uh, whatever I am going to do in the very end as a final product, I need this collection. And I, I'm, I was just like constantly getting more and more images. And there was like uh, the, the AI that helped me to treat the images because they all should have been cut out. And then uh, it, it's a lot of images. So like do it manually, not an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then uh, they should have been uh, treated well and then saved in the, uh, yeah. Uh, so I can work in a flag with, uh, uh, with the, another piece of code that I was, uh, that I was using. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and this collection, this collection was just growing and, uh, I just knew that I needed it and, uh, mm-hmm. didn't know for what yet that I needed it. And then afterwards just came the rest, just came those postcards, came the flag and this idea of like only working with the flag and with the idea that the colors, colors that are white, white, red, white, and uh, yeah, and figuring figuring that out. Uh, so yeah, that's that's about uh, about uh, personal growth. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in design, I think it's it's just this like reading a lot about activism in design and uh, looking in, uh, looking through the work of uh, Robin Butler and like Jonas yeah. Stahl and yeah, trying to trying to get get something from there and like it should be bold in the end but like what I, what I understood with activism design it should be ready to be shared with other people because mm-hmm. then if I'm as a, as a designer doing something uh, that I consider to be activism uh, I should be ready to kind of give the rights uh, the, the uh, author rights and then just give it to people for them to share it reuse it maybe change something and then still keep using it. And in this way, it will work. Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, if I'm just saying, you cannot change my work, you should put it on the wall and look at it. It's not going to work that well. That goes back to the sort of gallery activism that you were talking about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So if it's a museum-like setup, I think it's not working that well with design activism. Yeah, you have to be ready to share it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I know also as a graduate from Artes, you also had a lot of other, uh, I don't know what they're called, assignments or other things that you had to do during your graduation year, like an internship mm-hmm. and uh, what is the other one called? Practical? Practical yeah. assignment, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you listed a few to me earlier. Like I was wondering if you could just quickly mention what you got up to then and if any of that informed your graduation mm-hmm. Or um, maybe maybe not at all. Uh, yeah, uh, with my internship, internship I um, I did half a year actually in uh, Utrecht in Studio Airport, mm-hmm. um, and I was very happy with it. But uh, especially how they actually handled me. In a, it, <laughs> now it sounds like I'm a terrible person that they needed <laughs> to handle me with me and deal with me. But uh, no, it's more about the fact that. Um, I started with them in July 
and in August all the all the political situation happened and the uh, elections in Belarus. Uh, so uh, that was August, and I was in the middle of my well, in the beginning of my internship, and then uh, I was very down. <laughs> I, I'm as a very kind of happy and ongoing person was, I think, depressed, <laughs> just very bad. And then I needed to keep going with the internship because, yeah, there I, I signed signed the contract. I mm-hmm. was going there every day, and uh, yeah, I just kept working. And they were very supportive, so that was very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I was talking also to, to them about the fact that I want to do something um, about this topic uh, and about the Belarus. And uh, yeah, we were just talking about it. There wasn't about research project, project, the graduation project. It was just something small that I wanted to do. But yeah, that, that, that was nice. That was very nice of them to talk about it and to help me a little bit mm-hmm. and to support me. <laughs> Not a little bit, but a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and the practical assignment, practical assignment was uh, next half of a year. So that's this second semester. And uh, I worked in a group and we were working actually with graduation show with identity uh, that you've seen downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and we try to make it very fun. So we 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 use like all our faces and uh, the objects that people, um, kind of the, the objects that helps people to build their research project. So you see still still live photography of like lots of objects that were uh, lying around on our tables in our uh, design space at Kuhorn that we were mm-hmm. working in. Yeah, and. Uh, Every still life is super different. It different objects. I really objects. loved the still life objects. Yeah, yeah. That, that was really great, and I liked how it uh, made a cohesive narrative between all the works, but also at the same time was so specific to each one and added maybe an extra little clue about the content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a po- if one project is very poetic, then there are like lots of books and like some scribbles on the notes and like and I don't know some flowers or like a, mm-hmm. a cup of tea, and then it tells you something about the a person and their way of like also in design kind of how they have they how they work what they use to to comfort them in their process and what 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 helps them mm-hmm. yeah and with portraits we just wanted to show our faces and have fun with it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good to have fun yeah when you're graduating <laughs> it doesn't come around so often yeah um well i think we've uh, spoken for a while now and uh, it's really been such a pleasure to speak with you and thank you so much for sharing your project and also uh, congratulations on achieving what you did achieve i'm curious to hear about how the postcards go and whether you hear anything back about it or anything like this yeah thank you very much yeah that thanks was, for that coming that was very nice thanks all right <laughs>